Well, hello there, Dr. Kirk here, Pastor's Positive Mental Health, and we're just uh, just plugging along here in January. And again, uh, the idea uh, today always is to help churches flourish, to help uh, church members understand a little more how their pastors are wired, and hopefully to help pastors understand the challenges and that they face in mental illness not only within those within their congregation, but specifically with them. And when I say mental illness, things like stress and anxiety, depression, bipolarism, and obviously schizophrenia falls in there. But the reality is, as pastors, as part of the human condition in a broken world, we struggle with anxiety and stress and depression, and maybe even some bipolarism from time to time. If you're a schizophrenic, well, that's a different topic that I am not qualified to to help with, but I am qualified to help with understanding pastors and where they come from. So today I just want to talk about this idea of pastoral identity. And what I mean by that is I had a, was going through a trial several years ago and, and I was not being a pastor at the time and I was missing um, being in the pastorate. It's just a short break that I had and Excuse me, and a pastor friend of mine said, Kirk, you need to to be content and be happy with being a child of God. That should be enough. And your identity should not be wrapped up in being a pastor. And I find that this is just a human condition. We we wrap up our identities in our professions. Uh, many people, when they retire, um, they find themselves going into depression because their whole career and identity have been wrapped up in the work that they did and the routine that they had. And so we as pastors have this struggle too. Here we are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he wants to make you a new creation in Christ, that the old will be passed away. Behold, the new will come and that, that you are now declared a saint because of the work of Jesus Christ that he has done on the cross for you. Though we still are clothed in this flesh and we struggle with sin and we find that this is the, the constant tension that we preach about all the time that we that Jesus is perfect, He has done it all, and we put our hope and our trust in Him, and not in ourself and our own work. And yet we find that often we find that our identity is not strictly and only in who we are in Christ. So in First John chapter three, verse one, um, the the apostle John talks specifically about this issue and says, "Beloved, how great a love the the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of." God. And then a little bit later he goes, and we are children of God. And so we are. Um, And so first and foremost, for anybody who is a believer in Jesus Christ, um, I would say that that's the first thing you need to realize that you are a child of God. Simple as, as that. And I think for the pastor, we always have to, and I, and I don't like to use those that term have to or should very often, or must, uh, or we ought, but I think it's imperative that we always hearken back to the, what's the core of faith, and that is that we are a child of God bought by the blood of the Lamb, that He has done it. He has reconciled us to God through the cross. And so we find that we need to look at this constantly and going, wait, where does my identity, where is my worth found? It's not found in my work. It's found in Jesus Christ and the fact that He says, I am His child. So where this comes to play is that we we work hard as pastors, at least I hope we do. I mean, some people think we only work uh, one hour a week, but 
But we work hard. We carry the burdens of the church. We, we, we want to cast vision. We want to grow. We want to reach out to our community. We want to see people come to life in Christ and receive the life-giving uh, blood of Jesus Christ. We, we long to provide an, uh, an environment in this service that, that uh, is conducive to people worshiping God. We want to form Bible studies that challenge people to think and to grow in their faith. We want to help create events for the church that, that breed fellowship so people can share life in a meaningful way and that Christ would be the center of those relationships. And so we have all these things that, that that we do. And the reality is, is that we look and we measure often as pastors who we are and our worth based upon what we perceive as success. More numbers in the building, uh, more people showing up. Um, And those things are part of the measure of success. Don't get me wrong. But our success is not found in our work. Our success is found in Christ and Christ alone. So one of the things I would like to encourage church members to do, if you're listening to this, is, is check on your pastor as a person. Uh, celebrate real life with the pastor. Often, every time I'm uh, speaking as a pastor, many of my interactions are people coming to me and talking to me as a pastor. Now, I love that. I love being. I love being a pastor. I love uh, pastoring people. The people that God has entrusted to me is a task too great for me. So I rely on the Holy Spirit, and I realize what joy it is to to be uh, called to this ministry. But I'm first and foremost called a child of God, a follower of Christ. And from that, I'm trying to do my part within the body. And so again, we are part of the body of Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 4, what are we doing? We're working together to build one another up in love. So, so as church members, one of the things that, that I want to really highlight is this idea of, of helping your pastor uh, real relax helping your pastor uh, know that they're valued, whether or not they're in the pulpit, whether or not they're doing a Bible study, uh, that just they are valued by God. And because they are valued by God, they are valued by you. And so uh, we look for ways that we can encourage them to, to, to know them as a person and not just a pastor. And so, you know, back to what it looks like for interpersonal relationship skills, the ability for a pastor to have friends and to make friends and to be friendship? Are there ways that you can hang out with your pastor? Are there there services that you can give to your pastor, you know, something within the community where they can go relax? Is there hobbies that you know that your pastor enjoys that you could encourage them in? Um, when you invite them uh, to out to lunch or to dinner or to, or to your house or something, um, do you have a bunch of questions about stuff? And I'll tell you something from a person personal note, um, I have a hard time turning off ministry stuff. And so when I go out, I mean, I have friends that I'll go over to their house and we'll hang out. And it's very difficult for me to not talk about ministry while we're together. And and my wife has been a real help with me um, to say, you know, we don't need to talk about ministry. Now I enjoy ministry and I like uh, talking about ministry. And sometimes, you know, when I'm with my friends who are part of the ministry, we'll talk about it for a minute or we'll talk about it in a vision way or we'll talk about it, you know, um, in a way. And sometimes there's some practical things. Hey, thanks for doing this. Okay you know, I want your thought on this. 
that's fine, but but the bulk of the relationship, um, even though it is the church that has brought us together, um, the Holy Spirit has drawn us to these churches and to be together, but the bulk of our friendship and our time um, can't always be about the church because my identity needs to be as your friend and a pastor, a friend who happens to be a pastor. Uh, so I have friends who happen to be engineers, right? But if always, uh, if every time I was with them, I asked them an engineering question and, and needed help with engineering issues, uh, that would be a problem. Uh, you know, we do that though. We have friends who are carpenters. We have friends who are mechanics. And so uh, sometimes our friendship gets defined by their profession and not the identity of them being a child of God. And so pastors, I want to encourage you. Take the time every day to go, wow, I am a child of God. God has has reconciled me through Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, and I'm a new creation. And behold what love the Father has lavished upon us, that I am a child of God. I don't deserve it, but he has brought me into his family and adopted me and made me his child. How wonderful is that? And I now bear the image of God and I am a light bearer of Christ. And so are those people that I come in contact with who have placed their hope in Jesus Christ as well. The people that I serve, they are image bearers of God and light bearers of Christ. And that's what we are. We are a a group of people as a community who are growing together, doing our part to bring glory to God as children of God. So my identity as a pastor uh, needs to be wrapped up in the fact that I'm a child of God. This is a constant struggle. Again, um, I I rejected being called pastor for years because it's weird to me. Um, when people ask me, you know, uh, how should I, what should I call you? I said, if you want to call me pastor, that's fine. If you want to call me Kirk, that's fine too. And the people who know that I'm a doctor, uh, <clears throat> they've called me doctor for a while. And sometimes I'm like, you know, you don't have to do that. I appreciate the honor. I appreciate the recognition. But I didn't go to the years of study um, so that I just to get the title. I didn't go to years of service and study uh, to get the title of pastor either. I did it because of my love for the Lord, and I'm trying to respond to his call upon my life so that I can serve the body of Christ and, and help the kingdom of God be healthy. And then again, as pastors, one of the things that I want to encourage you is, is I know that you're going to run a, a long time and you're not thinking about retirement right now, but I think it is important that you you start strategizing and go, who am I and, and what can I do when I'm not being a pastor? So, you know, there's an expiration date and at some point in time, you got to pass the mantle off to the next generation or to another person. And I think it's important for us to go, well, what does that look like for me if I'm not in the pulpit? Now, you know, I'll probably be preaching till 65 or 70 or so, but hopefully I'll be reducing that when I'm, you know, in my mid sixties, reducing the amount that I'm in the pulpit and, and passing it off and mentoring others and helping others. But what does it look like when I don't have a church to pastor? What does it look like when I have a quote unquote retired from the ministry? And and I need to go first and foremost, I am God's child. I am loved by him. And, and that's got to be the best thing. And it's got to be enough. But then is my identity so wrapped up in the fact that I'm a pastor that I can't function if I'm not in that role? And and what I mean by that is it it, it goes across all professions. So this is a word to any profession. Um, But the reality is, is, you know, I've met uh, school teachers, my father, when he 
stopped uh, 30 plus years in, in, uh, in public school. And it was rough for him because he was so routine oriented and it drove him. He loved being an educator. Uh, and, and so when he did retire, you know, you go through this routine every year. You're, you know, at the same time you get up and you're going somewhere and then you don't have to get up anymore. And so, you know, it's one thing when you're on vacation, you're like, oh, this is temporary. Let me enjoy this time as much as I can because I don't have to set my alarm and I don't have a rigid schedule. Uh, But then when you're finding that that's permanent, you sit there and you wonder, well, who am I? And what is my purpose anymore? Many elderly people, as they they find themselves uh, having the inability to do certain things, they realize that that their identity was wrapped up in their ability to do stuff. And so again, as pastors, as anyone in profession, who are you outside of your profession? And I'm hoping you're, you're similar, but I'm hoping that you can really discover that there are ways that you can rest in the finished work of Christ, that you are a new creation in Christ, and you can look back and you can say, look at what God has done. Thank you, Lord, for using me. But now I'm in this stage of my life and I'm not worthless. How can I be you? in this moment, in this context, um, and how can I enjoy Jesus even more? And it's a struggle. And so make friends. Get friends who know you as as a person and not just a pastor. And if you uh, have a pastor, uh, make sure you look at them as a person and not a pastor. And so again, I I think these are valuable things to understand. Our identity is found only in Jesus Christ, not in our profession. Our worth is measured by what Christ has done and his agape love that brings worth to that which he loves, which is you and I. So... Let's together help the church flourish. If you find this beneficial, please like it, please subscribe, please share it with others. Uh, you, you know, I think that the words that, that God has given me and the, the work that he's given me is valuable in, in, in today's day and age when pastors are under greater and greater attack and mental health is such the forefront of people's minds. Together, we can really make a difference. Have a great day in the Lord.